Reimagining ancient Indian rituals with their namesake brand Shaz and Kicks, sisters Shaz Rajashekar and Kiku Chowdhury are on a mission to share their cultural roots with the world. For more on this, keep on listening. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect from fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guests for today, Shaz and Kiku. They're the co-founders of the hair care brand Shaz and Kicks, and have created a range of nourishing products inspired by generations of Indian women. Using ethically sourced Ayurvedic ingredients and a sustainable supply chain, the sister duo has found an incredible way to take age-old practices and reimagining them into the modern system for the hair and planet. I especially love that both Shaz and Kiku came from such different career paths to ultimately return to their grandmother's Indian beauty wisdom. From Shaz's background in chemical engineering and corporate business strategy to Kiku's experience dealing digital strategy for companies like Condé Nast, they have this balance of talents and shared passion for their roots that is invaluable. I can already see we have so much in common with our stories and working with our siblings, so I cannot wait to get straight into this. So Shaz, Kiku, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having us, Akash. It's uh, a great honor and pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, and we love that we're, uh, there's a lot of similarities, one of them being that we are sibling founded, which is amazing. And also, you know, at times is is always, you know, can be challenging at times. It can be frustrating. Let's get, let's be real. But at the same, (laughs) but you know, the love we have for our siblings is unmatched. So it's worth all of the the stresses that come with it. Um, But, and of course, being the Ayurvedic hair brands, uh, that we are we're doing it together just knowing that we're, we're we're on this journey hopefully carving the way for many other brands to come because we know this space is completely um unfortunately not really tapped into which is crazy because india is known for its hair so for us to be the first kind of brands in us and sephora you know making its way it's like i'm glad we're doing it together because it can be tough. I mean, I'm sure we know, like, you know, already people don't even know the word what Ayurveda means. So for us, a lot of education and together we'll do it better and stronger. So I'm just really excited to get into it. But I do ask my guests the same first question I'm going to ask you. And I'll start with Shaz first. Who, in a nutshell, is Shaz? Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, who is Shaz? Uh, so I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into this later, but um, you know, my background is in engineering. And I think that has always made me have this like, incredible drive for curiosity and also breaking barriers in terms of um, just innovation in general. I've been in sort of innovation throughout my entire career in one one form or fashion. Um, and so I think for me, it's really just about breaking barriers and um, figuring out new ways, problem solving and figuring out new ways to do things. Love that. And Kiku, who in a nutshell is Kiku? I would say Kiku is a deep lover of kind of culture and people and stories that's always been something that has been like my first and like my biggest hobby since I was little. It led me to actually study Asian Asian studies, cultural studies in undergrad, which then I didn't exactly know how to translate that immediately right after undergrad. But I continued to really understand um, people and their behavior and how they move and how they change and how they've interacted in the past and how they, um, you know, kind of continue to interact in the future. And that's led me to have a career in digital strategy and marketing um, and in the mediascape, which I think very much is connected to uh, storytelling, uh, which has always been, yeah, what I'm kind of, what has always been my passion. I, I would say that I'm someone that is, can border on like the danger, uh, dangerous side of being passionate. I can be very obsessive, <laughs> um, which is has um, has you know I would like to think in in my life has played a, a more positive role than negative. Of course, sometimes my parents would uh, disagree, <laughs> but basically, when I want to do something, I have to do it. I like cannot. I no is not a you know no is no is not a possibility. There's no barrier. There's no challenge. There's nothing that can stop, um, you know, that stop me. If I have, if I have an idea, if I have a thought, if I have a want, I got to do it to the point of obsessiveness. And um, yeah, that's feel like that's what's what ultimately led us to, you know, start the company. I love it. I'm already also sensing like such synergy, but also unique differences between you two. I mean, we already have known each other and now we've met in person, but I love hearing people's stories and. I love especially this first question because I get a little bit more into the detail because, you know, yeah. when you meet people in, in person, we never say, who are you? We just go, how are you, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't really get to know deeper than like, I'm good. Um, so I love hearing this. And now I kind of want to go back to the, the childhood, the beginning. I know, um, Shaz, you're uh, nine years older, um, but uh, the minute uh, at nine years old, when Kuku came into your life, tell us about... <laughs> From both sides. I'll start with Shaz, then I want to hear Kiku's side. What was it like growing up with a sibling like um, Kiku and vice versa? Okay, so first of all, Kiku's existence, everyone can thank me because I wanted a sister more than anything on planet Earth. And so oh. every we spent a, during those years, my dad did a lot of expat assignments in um, Southeast Asia. And you know how like they always had those wishing wells and you like throw coins and stuff? always my, that was always inevitably my, um, my wish. So I finally got my wish nine years later. Um, and I think it was just like, like love at first sight. <laughs> um, also being nine years older, you know, I think there was, um, 
obviously because of the age difference, you know, it was, it was, I almost like thought of her, I wouldn't say as my child, but you know, somebody to just like take care of. Um, yeah. And always be a part of. So Kiku, um, from a personality, I mean, Kiku was basically born this way that she just like described herself. <laughs> so, you know, anything she put her mind to, she what and a lot of it, obviously, you know, as siblings go, whatever Bibi does, Bibi is what she calls me as, a, it, as from our language, anything yes. Bibi does, like she's got to do it too. But, you know, she's nine years younger. But um, from the beginning, whether it be Indian dance, piano, she like, like took it head on and had to excel at everything. So um, I think the other thing about growing up with Kiku was, um, you know, we were always, even with nine years difference, we were always super, super duper close. Um, and um, I would say that I was not one of those older sisters that was um, like, it'll get away from me. You're so much younger. <laughs> <laughs> I was not one. So literally Kiku was attached to my side for everything, going out with my high school friends, you know, <laughs> even my, like, here's a hilarious story. Like my first Valentine's date with my, um, at that time, the guy who would become my husband, guess he was there, Kiku. Always there, always there, present in the side. <laughs> oh, I love that. And now, Kiko, I have to ask you from another perspective, a younger <laughs> sibling perspective, how was Shaz growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think there was like subliminally when I, like, the minute I like, you know, came through the, my mom's birth canal, I feel like I knew that like Bibi, I was there because of Bibi. Like, I, again, I yeah. feel like it's subliminally, I, like, I knew it even as a, obviously as a newborn. Um, so I feel like so much of my life has been like, I don't know, in a weird way, like forever grateful for that. I don't know. That's, I feel like it's the first time I've kind of really said that out loud. So whatever I did, I just had, I mean, even more than uh, my parents who like, oh, obviously I have the deepest love and respect for, but like my North Star, my everything was, and still is, we, and, you know, again, we, I call her Didi. It, it's I've never called her by her name really. Um, is 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 her? And I think one of the really nice things that she mentioned is that you know, of course, having you know, siblings can go through lots of you know journeys together. And of course, like the age difference, whether it be small or large, can also lend itself to really dictating how the relationships are. You know, when you're younger and you get, you get older. But I think one of the things that I'm most grateful for. For um, for Shaz is the fact that even though she's so much older, like she didn't, she never acted like she never acted like my parents. She really didn't. I think that um, she always she did know better. She had a lot more of a rational, logical like mindset. She still does, um, and I feel like she very much kind of leads by example. She's never one to be like you have to do this, you have to do that. So I think we've always, even the time we were little, like I was. I was the a bit of the wild one. I was, you know, like the one that was had like, you know, was super emphatic and had, you know, d took risks and didn't think so much about consequences. You know, the qu quintessential little younger child. Um, and she was very much the opposite. And I think she she allowed me to do that, which I think is from the very young age that has yeah. kept that was a really strong part of our relationship. You know, so I think we really have enjoyed and respected each other's very distinct relationships and have never tried to um, kind of enforce like our, 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 our personalities on each other, but rather always just like compliment one another. 
Um, so yeah, so I know that's like, it, it's one of those things that, you know, we'll laugh where we've never really had fights. And even now, obviously now, even the past couple of years, we run a business together. Of course, there's times that we don't agree or, you know, there's something that we have to kind of talk through, but we, we don't really fight. Uh, and again, it's not because we're like the same person or we think the same way. Um, but I think we just have this, this always this deep rooted respect for, for each trust. other. Yeah, yeah. And trust. And, um, and we also, I feel like very much know how to like navigate each other's personalities. And I feel like only, only like a sibling can, can get, get, get that, you know, like that, that true, um, you know, how, how to behave at all times. Uh, I will laugh. We'll laugh at like one of the only real arguments we've ever had fights mm. was the, the crux of it was when I was like in like elementary school and Shaz was in, um, was like in, in, was a teenager and she was like in high school or and beyond. And, um, I would, I like really wanted to wear her clothes. And so that was the only time where like, there was like one time I wore, like whatever, I like took her like Nike sandals or something and she like found out and she pinched me really hard <laughs> and to date. <laughs> Today you'll always be like that one fight. That one, <laughs> obviously seared into her memory. This one time that I pinched her. <laughs> it's it's it has to be done. I, mean, I have to say with my dad. With this one time, he got angry at me so much. I always bring him to that point. I'm like, I know I have PTSD, and he's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, It's just still there. It's still <laughs> there. That one, time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one little thing, but it's still there. Um, I love that, but. Um, I would also love to know a little bit about your guys' kind of first experiences with Ayurveda, you know, these incredible ingredients. And I don't know if it was, you know, the head massaging and like the, maybe uh, you know, your daddy, nanny or your grandma. Um, what was your experiences? If you, one of you can tell me. Yeah, I'll go first. And it's very different. So I think it's, it's, I'll, I'll go first. I'll start, I'll start with like the, the, the loving story and then Chuck yes. can talk about the other side. So yeah, as, as kind of mentioned as I talked about, I had this just this deep love of of culture, my culture, any culture. That's just like what I love. I love. I'm the person that will go to the museums. I uh, that that's who I am. So I think very much from the very beginning, my favorite part of like my life growing up was every single year we would go back to India. We were primarily we were born and brought up in the U.S. Um, and but every summer, doesn't matter where we were religiously, our our mother would would spend almost three months um, in primarily West Bengal, which is where we're from, and yeah. uh, my mom's hometown, which is in the foothills of the Himalayas, and she's from this small town. Um, and it, that was our, that was like what I looked forward to like every single year. Um, and part of it was, of course, just like, you know, of course, being with family, we lived in this like large estate, multiple families lived together. Uh, it was yeah. one of those like kind of quintessential, it, it's not there anymore. And I feel like that it's like one of those things that like breaks our heart to think about, but we're so fortunate to have grown up for, for a good part of our lives in that in that environment. Um, and I I loved all things like old and ancient and like nature. And I would, you know, our grandmother, uh, very early morning, she would go out in the garden um, and she'd pick uh, flowers for her kind of her religious puja that she would do every single morning. Um, and then she would also, along with that, would pick different kind of herbs and um, and other plants that she would take back and later on would steep into um, into like an oil uh, over the stove for a few hours and she would kind of let it soak. And that was what she would use to uh, massage into her scalp, into her hair. Very, you know, something that is very um, kind of commonplace for many South Asian households, right? It's that um, yep. kind of those like unique recipes that are handmade, that many of it comes from like either the bazaar, the market or the garden and the kitchen. Um, and I really loved it. I was my grandmother's 
teachers, pets. I wanted to know about the different plants. I wanted to know, uh, you know, where they grew, how they grew, why we were using them. Sometimes she didn't even know why we use them, but like, you know, I was, she was like, we just use them, keep okay. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, that was, that was mine. I feel like I had that very like whimsical ideal experience of just being very much in love with the whole process of, um, of creating these beauty formulas. Um, and then even asking my grandmother, like, oh, did your grandmother use this? You know, like, where did you learn this from? And so, yeah, that was kind of my experience. But now I'll hand it off to Shaz because she's a very different experience. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, okay. So, I mean, I equally loved our summers in India and equally, like, looked forward to it um, as part of our summer vacation, you know, in terms of family and all of that. Um, the one part I hate, well, there's two parts that I hate it. One part that I hated was um, this whole thing, right? Because, like, of course, like, we call our grandmother Didu. And Didu, the minute we would land, like, she'd been steeping stuff, and it smelled bad, and it was messy, and I just hated the experience. Like, I love the benefits of it, but I hated, absolutely hated the experience. And I was, like, the one running away. From her. So she obviously, after nine years of me, she was very happy to have Kiku. <laughs> a, new, a new Ayurvedic victim. Like, okay, I can now bring all my, my potions. <laughs> and it's true because at that, at that age, we were kind of like, you know, I remember like these moments of like, sometimes I would get bullied in school for like curry hair and stuff because it would still like stink the next day. Next day. And I was like, my grandma, like, it's like, Sometimes like she would be so shameless. She'd be like, don't even wash it. It's good as good. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. You know, I have to wash yeah. this out. Like, <laughs> it's disgusting, the smell. Um, but the benefits were there. That's why we did it. That's yeah, what we did. The benefits yeah. were, yeah. Yeah, with my... And so, you know, one of the things I would say, like, with my mother, because, you know, obviously the primary time we we're spending in the U.S., right? Like, growing up. One of the things I think that for us, like, our mother was very much about us you know, assimilating in a certain way. So she did not force us to do that. So like summers in my mind were like, you know, great love, love spending time with my family, but oh God, here it starts again. And then the other, well, the second thing was about, um, you know, it was like all about math, math, yeah. math lessons. <laughs> that was the other thing. I feel you. Yeah. We took a lot of summer math courses, not courses. I feel you. My grandmother was also like very, very, I think she was um, maybe like thwarted in her math, like desire to be a mathematician or something. But um, yeah, that was her other dream is like, we needed to be amazing at math. (laughs) I love that. And and did did you find like, though, like, was there a moment where all of these like traditions and like these, um, I guess you could say rituals that we grew up with, did you start to lose touch with them as you started getting to your teen years and a bit older? Um, did you find yourself not necessarily doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like also a, it was once like we kind of, well, like once we went and went to college and beyond and then started living like our, you know, busy lives after that, you did start to lose um, you know, and we didn't have those summers in India anymore. Right. So it's like, you did kind of, um, lose touch a little bit with those. And especially for like me, where I wasn't really into it to begin with, I definitely was not, did not want to do that on my own either. Um, but you know, one of the things that we always say is that like when my mother 
uh, or when our mother would still go to India, like solo, she would come back with, you know, like a whole suitcase full of like all sorts of fun products from India that a lot of them were a little bit more of like hair care, you know, like Amla shampoo and, you know, some of this kind of stuff. Right. And so, um, and it was one of those, I mean, we'll probably talk about a little bit later in terms of like kind of the aha moment, but after those weekends that we would spend when she'd like come back from India and like really look through and try everything, um, you know, you, your hair like really kind of felt its best. So there, there was definitely like a, a little bit of a light bulb um, before starting Chaz and Kicks. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that um, I, I grew up having a lot more like texture to my hair. I, I'm, I'm naturally a lot more texture than someone like my mom and my sister. They both have very like very straight silky like fine thin hair um and i have not that hair uh, <laughs> i uh, i have a lot more kind of thicker wavier uh prone to frizziness a lot of baby hairs things that i like didn't i definitely did not like growing up and so hitting those teen years and then beyond when i was a lot like when not allowed because then i was like on my own and i could like blow dry i can buy all like the styling products because that wasn't really allowed Growing up, my my mom wouldn't allow like a lot of styling products or even like blow drying my my hair regularly growing up. But once I got older, right, and I left the house, um, then I just you know I would I would always just like most other American young girls would you know put put styling products and blow dry my hair every single day or every other day whenever I'd wash my hair. And I think over over a period of time, um, I remember distinctly having this memory. I'm in my late twenties. I'm living in New York now. Um, and there was a time where I was, all of a sudden I looked at one day in the mirror and I was like, dang, my hair doesn't look like my hair anymore. Um, you know, it used to be so thick and voluminous and wavy and had character, for, you know, for what I thought it had character. And it just had like over like the 10 years I've had, I've kind of manipulated it. It started, I'm like, wow, this doesn't look like my hair anymore. I was one of those, like, I remember distinctly sitting, standing in my um, New York apartment. And I remember that day distinctly. I was like, you know what? I'm going to thail my hair, which I hadn't in such a long time. I'm going to oil my hair. So, I have, of course, I have coconut oil. Um, and I, I did a, just a very traditional, like, you know, hot oil fill massage treatment to my hair that evening. I slept in it. I woke up and I, you know, did my wash routine. And then I went to work. And at that time, um, I worked at Vogue. I, I worked on their digital team. And I distinctly remember this. Um, this morning, I'm like, I'm sitting down with a couple of my teammates. And they're like, oh, my God, Kiku, your hair looks really good today. I, like, remember this. And I'm like, really? You guys think so? And they're like, oh, there's like, they're like, oh yeah, they're like, there's like this like, beautiful shine and bounce to it. And I was like, oh, they're like, oh, did you, you know, did you use something new? Or um, I was like, oh, I actually, I, I oiled my hair last night. And, you know, there's one of those things where, like that's something obviously so commonplace within South Asians, and I sometimes forget that like they're like, oh, what you, like what are you talking about? You oiled your hair, and this is you know this was like two thousand whatever fourteen, um, and so then I kind of explained to them, and I was like, oh, they like oh this is like something that like is so completely foreign uh, to many people in this world. And so anyways, I remember yeah. explaining it to them, and they were like blown away that this was a ritual. This was like a part of a hair care routine. Anyways, I feel like that was one of like, the turning points for me to be like, God, you know what? I need to stop. I need to stop like manipulating my hair into something that it's naturally not. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was kind of a little bit of, of kind of growing up and, and the changes that I experienced um, and all those little steps kind of led to, again, ultimately. Shazam. And I love also like, there's a sense of like, when you actually communicate to the, 
I guess, you know, your friends, your family, but generally outside at your workplace, et cetera. And you start to realize there is a need um, for, especially as we go onwards in time with more stress and more um, external environments affecting our hair health and mind health. And we're realizing that we need to go back to the roots. We need to like go back to our rituals. And then when you actually realize, wait, no one's tried hair oiling. Like some people like, as you know, are like most of my friends have never oiled their hair once until they tried, you know, um, like until I told them about Indian hair oiling, they were like, wait, what? This is a thing? Yeah. But as a, as a treatment, right? Like as a pre-wash, yeah. not as a yes. post-wash, which most people know, but that's more for specific types of hair needs. But, um, and that's when I was like, okay, this is so interesting because um, let me look into the market. And I actually, my first job was at Aveda, um, which we all know as an Ayurvedic background hair care brand. And for me, it was quite shocking because I loved a lot of stuff they did there. Of course, it was a great brand, but you know, it's a very salon-centric brand, which we know is in Ayurveda. It's not really it's at-home ritual. It's not necessarily salon quick fixes. But also, like, they were going into, like, sap moss, cherry blossom. And I was like, this isn't Ayurveda. This isn't, like, well, cherry blossom is, like, Japan. Like, and this is not what I grew up with. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, this isn't really, like, for me, there is still not an Indian Ayurvedic-inspired hair care brand out there that is really hitting the likes of like Sephora, right? As like the kind of Mecca beauty destinations. So I know you guys had the exact same thinking as I, and I would love to know sort of how that idea from seeing, you know, your friends and your work colleagues, noticing this is an amazing new thing that is not new to us, but new to them, seeing the gap in the market and how did Shaz and Kicks come to be? And also ultimately, how did you guys decide to join forces? Um, I I can start. So, um, so for me, my, the rest of my sort of hair journey. So I had two kids 16 months apart in my late twenties. And so one of the things I think, cause you know, I like, like Kika was saying, my hair texture is very different. And so, I'll, you know, back then it was like long, silky, so like, you know, kind of the epitome of at the time, <laughs> what would be considered yep. to be like great hair. So I kind of grew up with that. And then um, postpartum, I had a ton of hair loss and like the texture of my hair really changed. Um, and that's kind of when it was like, oh, time to get back to your roots. <laughs> you know? So for me, that was more of my aha moment. Um, yeah. And it's like, suck it up, Shaz, just do it. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, um, started to look a lot more into, you know, kind of like thinking back as to what my grandmother would do, um, obviously oiling and thaling my hair. Um, so, so, you know, after that whole thing about like, okay, I really need to focus on my hair health versus yeah. just making like the exterior look amazing, right? Through styling and blow drying and whatever. Um, but I, that was very much like, um, uh, an aha moment for me, I think back then, but that was, like I said, in, in my late twenties, early thirties, that was a number of years ago. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, that, it just wasn't the right time for me at the time to, to kind of like start a company, but I, we had always, you know, as adults had always talked about wanting to do something together. Um, yep. and, and to start something together. Um, and I'll let Diku tell the rest of the story. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it was like, I think if you like sat down and you were to like make a timeline with a map of, 
you know, uh, situations and circumstances and locations and environments and then how ultimately it all led. There was a couple of different things. One was uh, the actual like physical location. So as I mentioned, um, I had I had been living and working in New York for many years. Um, and for a period of time, Shaz and her family were out in Dubai uh, living and working and having a a fabulous expat life. Um, and so for, you know, for like a good part of a decade, we weren't on the same continent, let alone like the same country. And then around 2017, we both just fortuitously have now have decided to move back to our home state, which is Texas. Uh, and so now we're physically, you know, like a lot closer to one another. We've also really felt that we've now between Shaz and I, we have what, like 40 plus years of work experience. Um, some of it overlaps a little bit, and but most of it is, is very complementary to one another. And so we even felt from like a very kind of like a professional technical standpoint, we had a great like joining of forces where um, there was a lot of um, the way we had like our work ethic, the way we wanted to like our vision and our passion and our mission were very aligned. Um, and then we both brought very kind of separate technical knowledge sets and skill sets that we thought like could really round out a, a good part of like building out a building, building out a company and brand. Um, so there was that aspect of it. And then I think, you know, there was a couple of other things where, you know, I, I, I'm having my own hair experiences, Shaz is having her own experiences. And this was, you know, a course of over the course of several years. Um, and then, you know, we would always, our home base was always going back to Houston, which is where our parents live, and we spend our, you know, fun family weekends there, wherever we were in the world, uh, you know, several times throughout the year. And during this time, um, even in, in India, where so much of, like, Indian hair care was DIY, and the stuff that you bought in the market was actually kind of like, you know, uh, non-Indian brands, you know, most, most yep. of it was kind of big conglomerate, you know, uh, CPG companies that, uh, you know, had a business like in India. Um, and then a lot of hair care was just done how it's been done for generations, right? At home with by aunties, moms, grandmas that are kind of creating these concoctions. Uh, but then also simultaneously around this time, this was, you know, about, let's just say about 10 years ago, there was a rise uh, in India where they're starting to make now actual, you know, consumer goods that capture, uh, capture these ancient ingredients, these Ayurvedic concepts and the philosophy and um, and then creating kind of final products that are on shelf and not something that's DIY at home. And our, our mother, our parents who go to India regularly, uh, at times where we weren't going there regularly, she was going to bring them back, you know, and she would always be like, oh my God, this new thing and that new thing. And so then we started using them whenever we would go back. And that was kind of, that was the beginning of a little bit of the aha moment for Shaz and I, where we're like, you know, I was struggling with my hair identity. She was struggling with her hair loss. And we'd come back and we'd have these wonderful like weekend moments where our mom would do nice like fail mala, fail mala, uh, mala with us. And then we would use these now kind of final products that you could find in India. And we would feel really good about our health, about our hair and our health of it. Um, and so this is, I think, that's kind of the, the beginning of the, uh, the light bulb that started going off where we're like, there is so much here. Um, and we felt like we could you know, India was just in the beginning of really standardizing and like, you know, formalizing a lot of these ancient ingredients and formulas. And we felt like there was massive opportunity to do that here in the U.S. Um, and beyond, obviously not, you know, we, we, we would love to be a global company one day. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think it was like it, it was it was an aha moment of seeing how these these very age old recipes could really be final products. Um, and how we could kind of take them and then really even further them to um, to kind of a Western consumer base uh, and bring our 
kind of skills and knowledge to creating a company and putting all of that stuff together. Amazing. I would also just add it. one other thing, which Please is do. that, yeah. you know, another thing is just um, like comparing what we were doing in terms of regiment and rituals with our face, right? Like in terms of the care that we take, you know, that, that when you compare that versus like what you really do with your hair, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think even looking at something like the global influence of Korean beauty and how that's influenced the U S market kind of made us realize that like, there is this like huge white space for hair. And especially with like clean plant-based, you know, inspired by Ayurveda and, um, and to end that kind of like global cultural influence that, that, um, can be brought into the hair space. hundred percent. No, you know, preaching to the, the person who is everything you're saying is like, I'm interviewing myself. It's like, I love it because it's exactly, we're on this exact same journey of like Mm -hmm. same discovery, same mission. And, it's just so comforting to know. I said this, you know, when we spoke offline as well, that we're doing it together because it's like, it is quite like, I wouldn't say scary because it's not, it's exciting, but it's also quite daunting to know we have so much education ahead of us. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, even like I've been in retailer meetings and we're in the same retailers and Sephora, et cetera. But, you know, rightly so, they'll be saying, we're not sure if Ayurveda would resonate with our customers. And they're every right to say that because, you know, we're talking about a whole country that honestly there are people that don't even know where India is in the map let alone what Ayurveda means right and our mission is to educate over time but we definitely want people to experience these ingredients that do not discriminate they're really for everyone to enjoy and benefit from so it's hard to find a balance between how you know do we call it by the the kind of names that we grew up speaking which could be like the, the Hindu version Hindi name or whatever or do we do like um for example a very like watered down universal version which isn't really authentic to what we know but it's easier to communicate it's tough um when you were kind of setting out to create shots and kicks how hard was it for you to kind of decide on names for products and deciding which ingredients to put at the forefront which to not which type of words do you use to educate uh yeah it was a struggle and we went back and forth i mean not even even on the like even so much on the product, but even prior to the product, I think it's like, yeah. even like, what is exactly our mission, you know, and, and how much do we lean into our Indian culture? And this was at, you know, when we started conceptualizing now, obviously that was four years ago and that was, it was a different world. Let's be honest, four years ago yeah. as well. Right. So, you know, at that time, you know, when we started, we had the, we had exactly the same dilemmas about how much do we lean into Ayurveda? How much do we lean into even like Indian culture in general? And, and, um, and like questions around branding, naming, all of those kinds of things. Um, And it's funny because I think we've been on a journey because in the beginning, like four years ago, I think we were more, um, we were more in the philosophy of like, let's, try to take like a slower path, you know, and, and, okay. I mean, I hate to say like watered down, but you know, not lean in so hard. Maybe that's more of what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but it's, but I think like, like I said, you know, the world has changed over the last four years and, and as we went down this journey, I think 
we found more and more that people really resonate. And I mean, Western audiences really resonate more kind of when you like lean in harder into the culture, into, um, you know, the concepts of Ayurveda. Now, I, you know, I don't think we are at a point where we're doing like heavy, heavy, like deep education on Ayurveda. I think at this time, all of our mission should just be about kind of awareness, you know, building awareness around what Ayurveda is and what for, you know, for us on this call, on this um, call right now is like what it means for hair care. Um, but yeah, we were, I mean, we were on a journey and I think, and we've come, we've come really far in terms of what, how we looked at it before. Yeah. I would, I would add on to that, you know, if you, Ayurveda is like, I mean, it's so massive and we would definitely not call ourselves masters of it. I mean, that would be what, that would, that would be completely incorrect. I mean, um, it is so massive and it's so vast and it can, it, it has so many different legs and arms that it feels overwhelming of like, how do we even convey this? Right. Like, and so I think for us, we've had to be very specific on like, we're going to like carve out this little, this little sphere, this little box. And we're going to kind of put these, put these kind of um, definitions and uh, boundaries of like what shots and kicks and how we are creating our little niche and space within the larger Ayurveda, you know? So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't talk too much about kind of the elements and how that, you know, that what, how it makes up of your body and how that determines how you are le- leading your life, which is a big part of Ayurveda because it's just, it, it's too, it's too vast and it's too hard to really, um, fine tune into like a, a, into a company. So I think some of the kind of the, some, some of the first initial things was like, this is like a like philosophy framework. And then how, what are we going to extract and what are we going to put up our pillars that are aligned with Ayurveda, but that help define who we are as a company and as, you know, a, as a company that's creating hair care products. Right. Um, we're not, we're not a Ayurvedic educational platform. Um, so I think it's constantly finding that, that balance of, what is uh, what helps us define ourselves? What is good education, information, knowledge to share um, in, a, in an easy, digestible way for our community and for audiences, uh, but still stay, you know, kind of true to our roots. So I feel like there's so many different angles. I think for us, we very much specifically have decided to really go into like the history of ingredients. So whatever ingredients that we that we use in our you know in our set products, there's always a couple of key ingredients that are primarily primarily what makes up the product. And we really spend a lot of time talking about uh, the source of it. Whatever, where's the native area that 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 ingredient grows? A lot of times we work with South Asian suppliers and farmers that have actually helped grow and harvest that particular plant for us. So we really kind of pay homage to the. These, uh, you know, to these generations in these traditional communities that grow these ingredients, um, and then even kind of the history of it, right? Kind of going back thousands of years, whatever that we can, um, whatever we can kind of map out. So I think it's you know when when you when you play in this field of like an old culture like ours that um, can, you can go in so many directions. I think you know when you're trying to then create a com- you really create a company around it, you gotta like put down very specific definitions of like, I'm going to explore X, Y, and Z. Um, and then make sure that you kind of dive deep into that because if you don't put up those pillars, it can feel so overwhelming and so vast. And you feel like you're doing, you're trying to do like a million things. 
Yes, unfocused. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that, you know, like it can, it can make you feel very unfocused. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, then kind of on the looking outside of just ourselves and what we're creating is is this larger community that we're kind of that we're part of that has really exploded the last couple of years. And of course, this fable and main is part of that as well. And we're so excited for that. I feel like we share that same like excitement and love of, of collaboration because it's like one company, unless you are, I mean, unless you are on a different level, cannot be, cannot, cannot, cannot like spread Ayurveda globally. That is no. nearly impossible. Right. But a lot of us together, like all kind of holding hands and like creating halo effects for one another that yep. can, you know, together, those like those little bricks together can create this like beautiful structure. So we are exactly. really excited for that rise of, you know, whether it be food, uh, you know, healthy rituals, obviously beauty, all the different types of things that would are that are within wellness that really authentically embrace and are rooted in Ayurveda and Indian South Asian heritage. We want to be we're excited to be part of that framework and that fabric because I think together that can really make a big global impact. Amen to that. I love it. Uh, and I want to make sure we get the time to talk about your amazing products because as you know, I've, I've been trying them, been using them. They're so efficacious, so good. And they also, which I, I really honestly feel, they, they're very in its own lane, which, which is why I love about Ayurveda. It's so vast. Right. Two Fable Main. Fable Main went down a little bit more of a route of, um, like we, we went a little bit down, I don't like to say watered down, but we went down a little bit like, um, you know, we have a scent by a French perfumer. We didn't really, your scents are very much like the nicer version of like the Ayurveda, but it's still more homely to me. It reminds me much more of like what I grew up with. Um, but it's like, smells like 10 times better than like the, the stuff we were normally using in like the kitchen or, you know, what we, you know, the feeling, you know, the smell. Um, and I love the ingredients that you're using. And, um, honestly, it's like, it's for me, I, I need to have my shaz and kicks and fable and main. I need both because that's the beauty of Ayurvedic beauty. It's like, it's yes. like another, another, um, kind of uh, beauty verticals, you know, you have to, you don't just have one cleanser from a Korean yeah. beauty brand. Like, you know, you have multiple. So for yeah. me, I would love for you to explain, um, all about the products you have. And if you can, maybe about where Shaz and Kicks is going as well. So I'll let either one of you take it away. Yeah. So I think our, our very first product is what we launched with, and that's our Holy Grail. And what we really think is the essential foundation of healthy hair for, for all. And that's our Scalp and Hair Pre-Wash. It yeah. is taking that, again, like that, like it, it is, you know, so much of, of what we create both as a brand and then also our product is the the power of both of our minds and both of our bodies and souls, Shaz and I. So we talked about them like, I, I love the traditions. I love these ingredients. I love the history. And Shaz is like, I don't. And I want to, like, I, I love the benefit of it but I want to make it a better experience. So I feel like that's the lens that we always create every single one of our products with, um, which I think, again, it's like my love for heritage and her eye for innovation. So the pre-wash is very much, is rooted in the quintessential step one Indian hair care, which is hair oiling, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast, which, and, and Fable and Main kills it in that the most beautiful hair oil that you guys have. And, and we've kind of really taken that, taken that um, concept and that very specific, you know, kind of subcategory, if you will, within hair care. And then we, yeah. what we like to call it, we kind of reimagined it and we really brought um, Shaz's innovation for it. So she didn't like the oily texture. She had a hard time putting it in her hair. She had a hard time taking it out. 
So we were like, well, let's take all the good things of, of hair oil and then let's make it a different delivery form. So we made it into a creamy texture. We were able to kind of really pack it with 20 plus different Ayurvedic ingredients. Um, and the whole concept was, was let's do something where you can put it in your hair and then it kind of disappears and you don't look like you have oil in your hair. It's kind of going back to even our childhood memories like I should just mentioned about yeah. like going to school with like curry oil in your hair and you're like, oh my God, besides the fragrance of it, it's also the look of it, right? And so we we're like, let's let's do something where you can you can put it in your hair, you can multitask, you can, you know, you can whatever, jump on work calls, you can go run errands, or you can just like relax before you're, you know, and, and chill out and on your sofa mm -hmm. before you're before you start your wash routine. But the whole thing of, of it of it being uh easeability and um and something that is a full sensorial experience that takes all the great things of hair oiling um, and then helps relieve you of some of the challenges that can be from hair oiling. So our pre-washes has the two different um, formulas. We wanted to make sure that we use specific ingredients that help um, uh, really kind of uh, address uh, type one, type two hair, which is kind of fine, thin to medium textured hair. And then we have another formula that is specifically for kind of thick, curly to coily hair. Um, and that has, you know, kind of specifically addresses those scalp and strand textures. Um, so that is kind of our holy grail. We always say that like that is, it helps with your kind of delivering vitamins to your entire hair ecosystem, helps with your scalp, helps with your strands and kind of the, the quintessential need for, uh, for, for everybody in order to start building out their hair routine. So that is our very first product that we are very proud of. Um, and that was the only one that we had in the market for 12 months. It was very much kind of our proof of concept. And um, yeah, it's 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 to date our bestseller and very much well loved. Um, so yeah, so that's our very first product. Shaz, I'll let you talk about then how we built out a couple of other products. Yeah. Um, so I, I one of the things I will add is you know Akash, you talked about the smell. So one of the you know another thing that we really didn't want to do is like we wanted to keep that um, scent. So we did not manipulate the scent um, at all. And um, and really wanted to almost like have that feeling like your grandmother exactly. or my grandmother like made this for you, like from but, the kitchen. You know, like it feels very yeah, like yeah. As if it was very yeah. DIY. But then the real form, exactly. And you know, like I like we've talked about, I am very particular. I don't like smelly things, so I'm always like the good test. <laughs> Yeah, you have you have Shaz to be like quality smell control. <laughs> if she runs away, it's not approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we really wanted you to like you know we we almost you know we look at more we get more inspired honestly by maybe almost like food brands and like in cuisines. Yeah. Uh, you know we look at, at look at them honestly more for inspo than even like other beauty brands because we we want you to experience our culture from like the minute you like lay, I, like, lay your eyes on it. Um, yeah. The way that you experience a culture when you're, you know, you walk into a restaurant or you cook something at home and the, the you know, starting from just like cutting the, you know, the first ingredients to like then starting to cook and sit down. It's a full sensorial experience, both from your eyes and your, the texture and the fragrance. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'd say that like, you know, we really look at food as, as like uh, as as our inspo uh, for our products, just as, in a way of how you experience it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like our that's kind of all how, through the lens of how we always formulate. Yeah, and um, I want also like yeah, yeah, tell me more about the other products, your rice. Uh, so t tell me more about the product range. Yeah, um, yeah. So our um, second and third product, you know, we wanted to um, come out with a shampoo and conditioner. 
Um, we're really proud of the shampoo cleanser um, because it actually, again, like trying to look at it with that, you know, innovation in mind and not just, you yeah. know, yet another shampoo, but um, A, we wanted to really use an ingredient um, that is known throughout India for cleansing, which is Multani Mitti, which is Fuller's Earth. Um, so yep. it is clay-based. And another thing was that we wanted it to be waterless. So that shampoo is actually 100% waterless, which we're so proud of, both from uh, obviously an environmental perspective, but um, yep. you know, it's very concentrated. So it's also friendly for your wallet. It, you don't need a whole heck of a lot um, to, uh, uh, to, to use it. Um, it is also like the most fun color ever. Um, and that comes from um, Jamun, which is Indian yeah. uh, blueberry. And so it's like a delicious looking, like purpley smoothie kind of texture. Um, so we just thought, you know, we just, we, we really loved how that product kind of turned out just because it's so unique um, and definitely, you know, from an environmental perspective as well. We also have um, a uh, conditioner um, as well. And that also, again, kind of going back to like really a, um, an ingredient focus is the primary is uh, ingredient in that is um, cocoa butter, which is kind of like the Indian sister of shea butter um, and ashwagandha. So those are kind of the two primary ingredients in the conditioner. Um, and then we just recently launched our rice and chai refresh spray. So that actually just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that was really the inspiration for that was really around, um, you know, so many of us use dry shampoo, right? Um, and But one of the downsides of it is like people hate the like, the gook that it leaves and, you know, just again, like kind of the overall experience. So we wanted to do our own take on dry shampoo. Um, so this, um, you know, has rice and chai, you know, caffeine from chai really like revitalizes your roots. Um, and the rice uh, starch is really efficacious for absorbing oil on your scalp. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of it's like our nutritious version of a dry shampoo, right? Like it's not doing you any harm. It's not clogging your follicles. It's not doing any of those things that dry shampoo does. Um, and it's just kind of like intended to be an everyday spritz that you kind of spray in your hair, either, you know, when you wake up, there's some different ways in which you can use it. Um, but yeah, another you know, another kind of product that we're really proud of yeah and that one is like even you know we we really try to it's always like so many different so many different angles of when we start to product develop that one and there's, there's always kind of a kind of a, it can be like an emotional an emotional connection mm -hmm. something that like you know we can remember our grandmother using um and then of course working with our wonderful chemist that helps us like round out like the final formula and then of course you know quality control with from, from Shaz, <laughs> uh, about it being about, about it being just like a wonderful experience but that this one is really special to us so we're originally from the darjeeling region of of india and so tea we grew up in tea estates um our our my 
our mother's family is, is from is from the tea industry. So tea um, obviously is very important to to to, to most Indians, uh, but it's like yeah. especially important to us. We grew up in in the tea estates um, in in the in the Himalayas near Darjeeling. And one of the things that our grandmother used to do with like when all the kids would be visiting over the summer, all the cousins, and we were little, we would all like bathe together. And then she would take like the morning chai. Uh, that kind of steeping in those tea leaves in the tea kettle. And this is before you put, you know, milk and sugar in it. It's just like straight tea. And it's just been kind of sitting there steeping in, in the chai. So it's very like now rich in that caffeine. It's not drinkable anymore because it's bitter. Um, and it's cooled off. And she would just kind of drizzle it through, um, throughout like, you know, all of our kids, our, our hair after, after we would wash it. And she would always just say that like that, um, the tea is so rich and so nutritious. Um, and it really kind of helps with, you know, kind of like building healthy, shiny hair, she would say. And so that was always like this like wonderful memory uh, of using chai in different ways, especially in that part of the world where it is like part of life. Um, and, you know, we're also really, we're really proud that so many of our ingredients, we try to see if we can directly source um, at least, you know, one or more ingredients from like some type of kind of small family owned sustainable uh, farm or community. Uh, for this one, we, we partnered with, um, with a small uh, female, primarily female owned, family owned uh, Assamese uh, tea estate, uh, very close to our, our, our hometown that provided the tea. And we like, you know, it was really great to see in the manufacturing center, like they steeped it, you know, when we were kind of formulating it, they, they steeped, they steeped it like how you would steep like normal chai like you know in, in a tea kettle but it's like in a big vat and so uh we're we love kind of where we were able to pull personal stories and experiences um and then of course with that suppliers that can really be part of that um to build out a product so anyway so it's a little mm-hmm. little extra love for that product as well amazing well i kind of you know before we get into the fire round questions um i kind of want to know a little bit to you know what's the future for shaz and kicks i know you know sephora tell us more about that and maybe some of the other expansion plans that you have going on in your mind yeah so we just uh, completed the sephora accelerate program so um now we are kind of just trying to figure out the launch so no news yet in terms of uh, when, but, um, but it will be, it will be soon. Um, so Sephora, so we're, I mean, our, honestly, like our hundred percent focus right now is on Sephora. So two things really Sephora, um, as well as our product pipeline. So I think, you know, um, we are very heavy, uh, hot and heavy in the work of our product development. Um, we have certain things that are a little bit more short term, but then, you know, some ideas that we have that are long-term that's going to require um, a little bit more thought in terms of, you know, how how we execute um, those ideas. So lots of fun, lots of fun things to come in terms of new products as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's like I the, the first few, few products, we were able to really create something what we feel is, you know, super unique. Um, and then I feel like keeping keeping that standard up is exciting, but it's also, it's, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. So, you know, um, yeah. So I feel like it's always trying to push, 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 um, through, you know, whether through be kind of our ingredients through like the, again, the delivery systems, like what, how, what kind of different new categories that we can bring, how we can, you know, what, you know, little pockets of these like old ingredients that have been used, but then how can we make them just, again, more relevant and more accessible and easier to use. So it is, uh, the product development part really takes up a lot of our like energy and time. 
because we're just really trying to always push the envelope um, and create just like the most kind of new, unique experience for our customers every single time. Yeah. And that, yes, that is the that is the hard part to continue down that trend. <laughs> As, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then uh, alongside the, all the strains of product, um, like, you know, supply chain, logistics, mm-hmm. freight costs, it's just a tough time to, for MPD <sighs> in general. Uh, all these passing and then, like, you, you might have some failed tests, but then you have to, like, decide do you launch on time. And that's also the hard part with retail is when you commit, yeah. you have to commit sometimes a year in advance to something and then, you have a ship date already locked in and then it's sort of like, wait, I can't do it anymore. It's like, it comes very, t- you know, very difficult, but it's part of the challenge of building a brand and we're all doing it. So we all, we all have to get ready for it. Um, and it's just about how we're adapting and learning from all of the, the curveballs that come our way when building. But um, I, I do, you know, I want to kind of, before I go into fire run, kind of give like a fire, um, a kind of like a, a desert island question for you guys. So I'm curious to see what your answers are. Bearing in mind, you're both coming to this desert island together. So you could conquer and divide and share. So I'm inviting you to like a Founded Beauty Island retreat, but you can only bring one Shaz and Kicks product with you. So Shaz first, what is your go-to Shaz and Kicks product? Um, I would say the cleanser is my favorite, um, my favorite product. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, I have, you know, very like fine kind of oily scalp, um, fine hair, oily scalp. And growing up, there was really not a whole lot of uh, products for that, um, for, for that type of like hair. Um, and so, yeah, I, I picked the cleanser and I just love it. I can't stop talking about the color. <laughs> it's so cool. It's amazing. It's so cool. How about you? Well, it's great that there's two of us. Um, exactly. Because I guess we can divide color. I mean, and um, I would, re- regardless if, if Shaz was with me or not, I would pick, I'd pick the pre-wash yeah. um, because I feel like um, if I'm on this island, there's going to be a lot of sun damage and like kind of a lot of probably like drying out my hair. And uh, the, the pre-wash is really great to just kind of put in and it does help kind of prevent any sort of damage. My hair, even if I'm like struggling and I can't eat in this deserted island, my hair will be conditioned and healthy. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it also, it also helps it helps you kind of tie it up really kind of nicely and neatly, you know. So anyway, so I'll, look, I'll be looking good. My hair will be looking good. Maybe not the rest of my body. My, <laughs> my hair will be looking good and it will it will um, be healthy. So, I love yeah. that. Okay, fire round questions. This is first thing that comes to both your minds. So I'll, I'll do Shaz first and then Kiku. So um, first up is what's another beauty brand, Shaz, that you're currently loving? Except Fable and Main. We all know, you know, Fable and Main, Shaz and Kicks, we both love each other. But <laughs> yeah, okay. Those are out. Those are out. Um, yeah. I would say that I don't like to leave my house without eyeliners. So I will give a shout out to our friend Priyanka at Kofi for her wonderfully pigmented uh, kajal eyeliner. Love that. Kiku? I would say right now with the crazy heat, especially being in Texas, um, yes, just the, the like unthinkable heat. Um, I'm going to do sunscreen. And for me, it's my super goop. It's the, it's the unseen um, yeah. sunscreen that, um, yeah, I just, I like love. It's fun to put on and it just completely disappears. I love my sunscreen, love my super goop. Love it. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours, Shaz? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I can actually probably do two. One is 
craft mac and cheese in a box, which I am like a huge foodie. So for me, that is definitely a guilty pleasure that I don't like to admit, but love it. Um, And then Real Housewives of Dubai. (laughs) Ah, the new one, right? Yes. I think one of my friends is in it. Um, I'm... Nina Ali, like had, oh like, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just saw her. She was posting that I think on her Instagram post. She's in it. I'm like, what are you doing on this show? Cool. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's extra, good? but so so extra, but so good. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, okay. I need to watch it then. Um, how about you, Kiko? Um, mine's also going to be a little food related, but I love like instant ramen, you know, like the packet, like not even the healthier versions that have come out, which I know there's a lot of good ones out there, but like the OG, the OG, not very good for you. I really love that ramen. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, I, I, love, I love also the fact that like, um, we have like the equivalent in London, like similar, like when you say mac and cheese, you have another equivalent here. It's, it's, it's cool. Like now I'm starting to know that I feel like quite American. I know the craft mac and cheese. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Next question. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading, Shaz? Um, I am a huge avid reader. Uh, I also suffer from insomnia, so I can go through like a gazillion books a week. Um, I actually have gone back to old school. I found Agatha Christie's like un, uh, like entire collection on Kindle Unlimited. So I am working my way through my favorite Agatha Christie novels. Love it. Thank you, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a huge book lover. I'm not as avid of a reader as Shaz. I can't go through like a book a night because I do sleep quite well and for very long. <laughs> um, but I just finished one of Shaz's recommendations, um, which I really, really love. We read it actually as a family and our mom read it as well. Um, the book's name is Kabar and it's by Madhushri Ghosh. Um, Kabar means mm. means food in Bengali, um, and it's just this wonderful kind of autobiography slash um, kind of like memoirs, but through through the lens of food of a of an immigrant uh, from India that come to the U.S. and kind of her experience through her um, her immigrant life and but through the lens of food, which was just an absolute delight to read. So amazing! I put that on my list. So good suggestion. Um, what is your favorite social media platform right now, Shaz? Um, okay. I have an admission because, you know, I am Gen X. Okay. So don't judge me. I still love Facebook. <laughs> I think you're the only person on this podcast to say that. I'm kidding. No, we have met many people who said Facebook. So you're not alone and not from a Gen X, also from Gen Z and millennials. So don't stress. That's Okay. <laughs> Although, yeah, the majority of people say, I'm sure, Mikiku, you'll say, what are you going to say? I mean, I'm going to say, like, the, 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 like, the boring truth answer is Instagram because, like, that's just what I'm in and it's mostly for work. But I will say that I am a huge Pinterest fan and lover. Ooh. And um, my husband and I were working on our backyard and we've been really spending our evenings looking at, like, Japanese backyard landscape design on Pinterest. So that's my final yeah. answer, which is also correct as well. I love it. I mean, I, I think I have the same board I made of, again, a Japanese Zen garden for my, in, for my home, my little, little outdoor patio. So um, the fact that you said that, I'll probably be able to share some boards with you. Yes. <laughs> I, it's so true how good Pinterest is. Um, would you have a favorite quote or mantra, Shaz? Oh, boy. Um, I have a favorite quote, quote that actually somebody mentioned to me um, just around like, 
work-life balance. And it was, I mean, it's very short and sweet. It's just be present. And so, you know, really it's just about like being present in the moment just because we all know there's no such thing as work-life balance. And so it's really just okay. about learning okay. how whatever it is that you're doing at the time, just be present, whether that's with work or hanging out with your family and definitely so a true. lesson that I've had to learn over the years. <laughs> so true. And Kiku? Yeah, I think one of my favorite ones right now, I recently was listening to an interview with Obama and I liked one of one of his statements that he made where he said, a dose of humility is always a good idea. Mm, um, yeah, and I, I, love I, 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 I love that. Yeah, love that. So I feel like whatever, yeah, whatever you're doing, I think. Just do it with humility, humility and it will go idea. a long way. It's so true. Uh, and my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would you be doing? So Shaz, what would you be doing right now? Um, unequivocally, I would be a chef. Amazing. That's so cool. Do you think you'll be like also like enrolling in these like Master Chef kind of TV shows? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But in a way, I love. I kind of like say like building a beauty brand, and like, you really like touched on that before. I think it was a like Kiko. You said something about like um. You, or, I don't know. I think it was Kiko who said about the fact that you connect it to like um like food or like who, who said that was it? Yeah, um, and, and and basically it is like building a brand is like kind of being a chef in a way, right? You're developing product, you're cooking it up, you're baking it, and then you're just assembly lining it, uh, a lot of them. So, yeah, a mass market chef. Um, and then what would you be doing, Kiku? I would, in an ideal world where money is not like a factor, I'd love to own like a small vineyard. Um, I love wine. I'd love to like, I like love the concept of, of growing and like creating something like with my hands. Um, if I wasn't able to own it, I would just work at a, at a vineyard. So, you know, love that. that's good. Oh, I love asking this question. Cause it's like, it reminds ourselves like, Oh, what could we be doing? What would we, what would we be doing post brand? And, you know, we, life is full of reinvention. So it's a good question to consistently ask ourselves. Um, but Shaz, Kiku, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can everyone follow Shaz and Kicks and yourselves on socials? You can follow Shaz and Kicks on uh, TikTok and on Instagram at Shaz and Kicks, S-H-A-Z-A-N-D-K-I-K-S. Uh, you can follow me on my personal Instagram. It's Click. So that's C S as in S-E-E-K-I-K-U, click as in click a camera. Um, and I don't know if Shaz, Shaz yeah, and Kicks. Um, I have, yeah, um, my personal Instagram is at Shaz Rajashaker, S-H-A-Z-R-A-J-A-S-H-E-K-A-R. Amazing. I'll put all the links on the website, all in the summary so people can just go tap straight away. Yeah. And if you're going to follow Shaz- anything, follow, follow Shaz and Kicks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> trust me, it's just the beginning and it's going to be, I'm so excited for Shaz and Kicks to be a global phenomenon and I you know I always say it's always good to like the dream for a beauty brand founders as long as one like in every like the big dream like in every household if we can have shaz and kicks or maybe made in one bathroom it's just such a like yeah. it's so exciting and sometimes I'll, I'll quickly go in people's bathroom like wait there's no paper made or there's no I need to put that in there um, so just having people experience it and then going back in time to our traditions I'm just so excited to be in the journey together and can't wait to meet again in person spend more quality time together and um, till then 
uh, all the best and we'll, we'll be in touch so it's not, it's not the end for us but it's just um, making sure everyone can follow you guys to make sure they're staying on the journey as well thank you thanks, so much thanks. for having us Akash you are such a kind friend and supporter and we're excited we share this journey with you so thank you just the beginning thanks guys I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Um...